It's time for another episode of the Franchise Business Radio Show, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta, sponsored by Franchise Intellect, knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And Franserve, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at Franserve.com. Now, here's your host, certified franchise consultant, Pamela Curry. Hello, this is Pamela Curry, franchise consultant for aspiring entrepreneurs looking to invest in a franchise that aligns for them and host of the Franchise Business Radio Show, powered by Franchise City. Uh, Just a reminder, the Franchise Business Radio Show was founded to be a platform to bring together business professionals to connect, educate, and collaborate to serve those that are considering franchise ownership. Today, we have an internationally well-known and a highly influential entrepreneur, Brad Sugars. So this is, for our listeners, please tune in. This is your opportunity to get tips and a mindset of what does it take to achieve being that successful business owner. I actually had the opportunity to hear Brad um, recently at a speaking engagement. Uh, it was at the Franster Franchise Convention. Uh, needless to say, Brad, it, Brad, it was great to meet you in person and really enjoyed your message. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pam. Thanks. Good to be here. I uh, love sharing the message of franchising as many places as I can. So yeah, it'd be good to chat. Absolutely. Well, before we dive into uh, some very important entrepreneurial topics, uh, let me go ahead and share your bio with our listeners. Uh, as I mentioned, Brad is internationally known as one of the most influential entrepreneurs. He is a best-selling author, a keynote speaker, and recognized as the number one business coach in the world. Uh, Brad, I have to I have to compliment you here. I know over your 30-year career as an entrepreneur, you have become the CEO of nine plus companies, and the owner of the multi-million dollar franchise, Action Coach. Who is Action Coach? Oh, uh, that's a great question. Um, 29 years ago, I fell into helping business owners succeed because I was a young man who was doing well in business, and people would ask you, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Uh, And enough people ask you for help, eventually you say, you know what, I'm just going to create a business doing this. And here we are 29 years later, Action Coach has members in 83 countries or offices in 83 countries, about 1,100 offices around the world. Um, And uh, we get to coach and teach business owners how to become better business owners, how to run their business, how to be better at their sales, their marketing, their team building, their management, their systemization. So you know, when you're a business owner, it's a bit of a lonely road at times. And so having a community of other business owners uh, and a place to go and learn and plan and grow your business is sort of a, a, the thing that we put together. So, And we are a franchise, so we, we understand that space real well and uh, very happy to have all of our franchise partners around the world. And you know, both in uh, both in the US and the UK for now 10 years running, we've been in the top 50 for franchisee satisfaction. So uh, mm. we're pretty excited about the fact that our franchise partners love us and we love them. So that's yeah. what we do. We help business owners. I like it. And very impressive, by the way. And uh, 
I, I think we should add to that that I'm sure one of your greatest achievements is being a, a husband and a father of five. Uh, I know you're equally as passionate about family as you are about business, uh, which really drives you, right? Yeah. Being a stronger advocate, uh, which this is one of my beliefs as well for building a business that works and aligns for the business owner. Hmm. And spend more time doing what really matters. Yeah. You know, your, your business is a vehicle to give you the lifestyle you want. Being Australian, you know, we're raised with lifestyle being priority over work. You know, it's like enjoying your life is, is the priority. And maybe that goes back to our convict roots. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I always joke that the English sent all the fun people to Australia 200 years ago. So, you know, it's like, but the, the whole nature of a business, and I like to think of it as building a, 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 my definition of a business is a commercial profitable enterprise that works without you. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you want to build your team. You want to build your, your business to a point where it works so you don't have to. It makes mm-hmm. you the money. Um, now, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's something that you can do over a period of time. And that's why the learning and the studying, and that's why, uh, what am I up to? Uh, my 18th book will be out at the end of uh, wow. next quarter. So, you know, I keep writing on all of the things that I learned because, as you mentioned, uh, I currently own an, uh, nine different companies that I have either the majority share in or a major share. So I'm, I'm either the chairman or the CEO of those companies. And I do that in two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm. And uh, I don't say that to impress you. I'd say that to impress upon people that it is possible to build businesses that work for you rather than you working for them, rather than the tail wagging the dog, as, as they say. Makes perfect sense. And, uh, and of course, uh, over the years of uh, obviously starting, scaling, and selling uh, many businesses, I, I mm. know your fair share of uh, scars, let's say, because um, uh, I know being an entrepreneur is not easy. Um, no, it, it's not easy, but it's a lot simpler than most people make it. Most people like try and learn by trial and error. They try and learn by, you know... <laughs> If, if, if I can be real blunt, they, it's, it's like they almost wear as a badge of honor that they work so many hours and they put in the time and energy. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and I still remember it. I did that in the beginning. But what I realized later on is that that working 24 hours a day, seven days a week was really just covering up the problems in my business. You know, me doing so much more work covered up that my marketing wasn't quite right and my sales wasn't right. And you know, and, and I was putting out fires all day, every day, rather than building systems and building a business that ran mm-hmm. and building people that could run it. So, Well, you know what? I mean, what you just exactly said there, I mean, obviously, we can learn from those mm. God, before us. Uh, it becomes a lot easier. Uh, mm. We're going to take, you know, instead of just doing it alone. And um, admittedly, so what you just described, that's the franchise model, right? Mm. It's having those systems and that business recipe that you get to follow. Yeah, look, French, franchising, one of the toughest things about business is there's so much to learn. Uh, when you join a franchise, and I always suggest to anyone who's going into business for the, for the very first time, they should 100% be in franchising rather than, you know, doing it themselves. Because when you think of how much there is to learn, what a franchise does is saves you about 80% of the learning. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to learn the product mix. You don't have to learn. You don't have to learn. You don't have to learn. You still have to be good at sales. You still have to be good at marketing and, and team building and those sorts of things. But 
there's a whole other side to it that you don't have to learn on that first time round. And mm-hmm. if you if you choose a franchise that aligns with you, then it makes a lot of sense for you to go down that path. And um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer though that a big thing about franchising is the relationships. And you know, I know in my franchise companies, and we have cleaning businesses, we have the action coach, and we have many other licensed or franchise style businesses. It's that relationships and that community that means so much. I know my franchise partners help each other out just as much or more than we do at the at the corporate office. It's like, you know, I, I see the way they help each other and communicate and build each other up. And I think that is sort of um, possibly the biggest uh, value mm-hmm. that, that the people get out of it. You're not alone in this thing. You know, it's... You're in business for yourself, not by yourself is a bit cliche, but there's a reason things become yeah. cliche because they're right. true. So. Pure exchange. Mm. That pure exchange is very powerful. I uh, fully agree with you. Well, obviously, this is why I'm excited to have uh, you, Brad Sugars, on the show. And I know that you've created a, a, a program, 90 Days to Revolution, Revolutionize Your Life. And we mm. are into that. Um, hold off on that first because I know it, it's going to be teaching us based on your 30 years of experience on investing, business, and life. And I definitely want to talk about that. Uh, But before we dive into that topic, I I want to go ahead and hit on some other topics that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, But first things first, uh, is it possible to tell us a little bit more about your journey in a couple of minutes? All right, let me try and do it in two Uh, minutes. So I I started out in business as a very young man. I, I you know, 13 years of age, got a paper delivery route and hated doing it. So I employed my friends from school and that was my first management position uh, sort of thing. I took a cut and they did the work. Um, but since then, uh, I, I became an accountant, uh, which, you know, my dad was an accountant. So that made sense that that's what I would do and mm-hmm. never worked a day in my life as an accountant because uh, it's a great background, but I didn't enjoy it. I've always been entrepreneurial. So as you mentioned, you know, I've I've owned and operated or had the majority share or a major share of now more than 50 companies that I've started or bought and sold. So I'm a perennial entrepreneur. What I do every day is buy and sell companies, everything from my dog food business, uh, right through pizza business, uh, real estate, you name it, I've been in that business at some point. And so what I do, what I started out doing is buying broken companies and fixing them. Now what I do is I, I kind of ray-crock things. I go and find a good business with a good solid team and I take it global. And, and so I really just find good businesses. Um, you mentioned one of my other t- teams uh, at Urban Clean and, uh, you know, yes. great, great, phenomenal uh, cleaning franchise based out of Australia. And I sat down with them and looked at them and thought, you guys have a marketing and a system that is just phenomenal. So I, I bought a share of the company and now they're open across the US, across the UK. They've now fully opened all across Australia and New Zealand. So that's what I do today. Uh, as you mentioned, father of five. So yeah, that keeps me mostly busy. Um you know, it's funny the response you get to people. Yeah, we have five kids. You have five kids? Yeah, you know, yes, we have five kids. It's uh, it's not life ending. Um, well, I you can know. appreciate that because I'm one of five. So yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's that's sort of the and most of what I do today is teach. Uh, companies run themselves, so I teach. I write books. Uh, 
I run our foundation. We teach young people how to be entrepreneurs. So rather than leaving school and getting a job, leave school and give people jobs. Love it. And uh, we coach uh, not-for-profits all across the world for free as well. We teach uh, charities how to actually run it more like a business and more professionally mm -hmm. so that they can do that. So that's the shortest version I think I've got out in a long time. Well, you just summarized 30 years in a, in a, in a pretty good <laughs> A capsule there. <laughs> Good for you. Um, hey, you know, when I uh, had the opportunity to see you at the speaking engagement a couple of weeks ago, you said something that I heard that just really resonated with me. Uh, and it was, business will never outgrow your ability to learn. Mm -hmm. Elaborate on that. So um, you could never expect a sporting team to outperform their training or their practice. But for some reason in business, people expect to outperform their knowledge. You know, when, when you set a new goal, and let's, uh, let's be real clear about this, the reason you set a goal is to help you understand what you need to learn. You know, if I set a goal to run a marathon, I, I now need to study how to run a marathon. I need to learn it, practice, join a team, get a mentor, do something. If I set a goal to double my business... But uh, I was taught it when I was 16. Jim Rohn said to me, you know, uh, a very simple thing. you got to learn before you earn. Okay. Learn before you earn. And if you, if you learn first, then the, the earning becomes a lot easier. You know, I always say to business people, your biggest challenge is to become a better business owner. Your biggest challenge, because business is never going to get easier. You've got to get better at business. Like sales will never get easier. You've got to get better at sales. I remember coaching my daughter's uh, soccer team and uh, literally at as, as one point I'm teaching the kids to do laces kicks instead of kicking with their toe or the inside of the foot, kick on the front of your foot. I send them to the fence and say, all right, do 100 of those against the fence with your ball. And one girl does five and comes back and says, coach, I can't do those. And I said, well, how many did you do? She said, I did five. I said, great, do 95 more and tell me if you got better. And so she went and did 95 more, of course, she got better. And this is where it annoys me when someone says, oh, I'm no good at sales. Oh, really? How many sales training courses have you had? None. Oh, how many sales books have you had? None. Of course, you're no good at sales. How do you ever expect to be good at something? And that's uh, when I get really blunt or really Australian with people, I say, you know, stop complaining about the results you didn't get for the work you didn't do. You know, it's if you're not willing to do the learning, then don't expect to do the earning. If you're not willing to grow as a person, then don't expect your business to grow. If you, and, and I'll be even more blunt about it. My dad said this to me. My dad was a very blunt man. And uh, I sat down with my dad. I think I was 20 or 21. And I said, you know what, dad, I just can't get good people. And he turned to me and he said, well, son, you get the people you deserve. I'm like, what? He said, well, you're an average manager running an average business. The highest caliber of person that's going to want to work for you is average. He said, until you're a great leader running a great company, don't expect great people to want to work for you. I was like, eh. and, and of course, you know, um, stab me through the heart. Thanks, Dad. Right, but, you know, right. but he was uh -huh. right. Though, right? He's, he's, he's very right. You know, I had to grow as a business leader in order to have great people want to work with me. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just your learning, it's your people's learning too. The speed of learning determines the speed of results in this day and age, you know, and that's why, you know, if you learn by trial and error, 
That's the slowest form of learning there is type thing. Mm. If you learn by reading, it's a bit faster. Learn by attending events, it's even faster still. Learn by having a mentor or a coach work with you, faster still. The speed of learning determines speed of results. And, mm. you know, the old thing of yesterday's knowledge got you today's problems is always going to be the reality. And uh, that's why we need new knowledge. If we want new solutions, we need new knowledge and I think business owners that stop growing and wonder why their business is stagnant is, is I mean, it, it's so blatantly obvious. It's like, well, what's the last book you read? Oh, I don't read any books. Okay, well, then, of course, your business isn't growing. What's the last podcast you listened to? You know, that's right. If you're listening to Pam for the first time, make sure you subscribe to this thing, okay? That's Click right. the bell. Make sure you get the announcements because you've got to keep growing and, uh, you know, as uh, people, uh, Jim Rohn also said to me, he said, if you want to be successful, you read a book a week for the rest of your life, a book a week. And at the time I was 16. So I was young enough and naive enough to just agree. You know, you know, like as you get older, you go, oh, that seems a bit silly, you know, but when you're young and naive, it's, you just do it. So I did that. And now I'm two and a half thousand. And I joke that Jim used to say, you know, no one will do your reading for you. Well, Jim didn't know that Audible would come along and now someone does all of my reading for me. You know, it's great. Yes. So, so many resources out there now too to learn. I mean, if you're not a, if you if you don't enjoy reading, listen, you know, to your point, there's mm. a lot of resources out there to make that happen. Uh, you just, you said something um, when you were sharing that is obviously a hot topic, uh, goal setting. Mm-hmm. So it's about goal setting. Um, so I start with a formula and the formula is dream, goal, learn, plan, act. It's the formula for success. So big dreams first and foremost. And some people say, well, I struggle with dreaming. Okay, then write down a list of everything you don't want and then make dreams of the opposite of that. You know, I don't want this. Great. Give me the opposite of that type thing. And I we teach people to create dream journals or dream charts. I even run a whole two-day course on building a life on purpose where we discuss that. But from your dreams become goals, and goals are anything inside five years. So, you know, the the most important goal, though, is the daily goal. Um, people lack productivity because they lack daily discipline. And it's that at the end of the day, I started doing this, got to be 26, 27 years ago, where at the end of the day, I would write a list of what I needed to do the next day. Now, I started doing it because I struggled to leave work at work. And so mm-hmm. I wrote a list so that I could just. It's all there. It's on the desk. I'll see it when I come in in the morning. I don't have to think about it all night type thing. And what I found was my productivity increased 20, 30, 40% because I was writing lists. It's like the day before you go on vacation, you write a list and you get so much more done than you normally do. So that daily list or that daily achievement list and that daily plan, as well as your daily goals, we in all of our organizations, every team member has six measures that they measure themselves on every day. So they have six goals every day, you know, and and some of them are very subjective, like a receptionist's goal is to smile uh, every day to greet every person and smile to greet everyone on the phone. And they rate themselves at the end of the day, how much did I smile today? What, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10? And and they'll rate themselves. But it just reminds them every day to how much did I smile? It's just a trigger in in their brain. So that daily goal, and then we move to weekly goals. But when it comes to actually doing goal setting, I think the biggest tip is to get as granular as you can. More goals, not less. More minute goals. Like 
if it's in marketing, I don't want you to say I want five new leads a day. I want you to say I want one lead per day from referrals. I want one lead per day from this or, or two. I hate the goal of one because if you fail at a goal of one, you get zero. If you fail at a goal of two, you at least get one. So I do like always having a goal of more than one because one is an awful number to fail at because you get zero. Um so the more granular you get in your goal setting, though, but then I go back to the thing of the reason you set goals is so you know who you have to become. So another of my success formulas is B times do equals have. Who you are times what you do determines what you have. And you can work that backwards. If I know I want to have X, then I know I've got to do Y. And to do Y, I know I've got to become this type of person, a better leader or a better salesperson or a better father or you know, you've got to be more in order to do more, in order to have more. Yes. So when you look at that goal, it's it really goes back to when I first learned goal setting. It was uh, again, I was sixteen years of age. I won the Rotary Youth Leadership Award, and they sent me away for a week long training on how to be a leader and how to be successful. And I thought to myself, "Geez, that's a great idea. I should write down my goals." The second time I learned about goal setting is about six months later, and I thought, "Gee, that's a great idea. I should write down some goals." The third time I actually did put pen to paper and and uh, create some goals, and I'm amazed at how fast things then happen when you when you actually do that. But what it reminded me of is that, uh, you know, I would share my goals. And when I learned from Jim Rohn at 16, I said, you know what, I'm going to retire financially at 25. And I told one of my friends and he told his dad. His dad sat us down and explained how that couldn't happen, wouldn't happen, and most definitely couldn't happen for us. Uh, me more than his son, I think, was what his point was. And uh, I still remember every time I bought a new car, visiting him and waving at him and saying, hi, still going to retire at 25, you know. But it, it, what, what he didn't know is that I was willing to grow because he was right. 16-year-old version of me couldn't achieve that. Mm-hmm. But the 25-year-old version of me could achieve that. And so as I grew into my goals, and that's, I think, the biggest factor that most people have to understand, you cannot achieve your current goals as your current self. You have to grow to achieve those goals. And one of the reasons for setting the goal is to know who do I need to become. And I think Mm -hmm. the biggest reward for a lot of goals is not the actual goal itself. The biggest reward for a lot of goals is the person you get to become Mm -hmm. as you achieve that and make that a reality in your life. I, I always you know, mess with people and say, you know, your number one job in life is to just become the best version of you possible, the best father, the best husband or wife, vice versa, um, you know, the best, the fittest version of you, the healthiest version of you, the wealthiest version of you, the most successful version of you. That's your job. Become that person. So. Yeah. Wow. Well said. Uh you know it kind of makes me think that kind of integrates with what you're talking about with goal setting is progressive decision-making mm-hmm. and being able to be a decision-maker. What, what best practices would you give regarding, I call it progressive decision-making? Mm. Um, first of all, it's easy to make decisions when you know what your goals are. So that's why it leads off of that subject. Without goals, decisions are hard. The Mad Hatter said it best, you know, where do you want to go? I don't know. Well, it doesn't matter which way you go, you know. (laughs) Um, So without goals, decisions are tough. Now, when it comes to decision making, um, 
and, and as you call it, progressive decision-making, it's really whether you're reactive or proactive is the first thing. Most people, when it comes to business, are very reactive. They wait until there's a problem uh, and, and then make a decision type thing. They wait until there's a, there's a challenge. And so that reactive running of a business, it's like my door is always open. No, that's, that's reactive. We want to be proactive. What management systems do you have in place to manage your people? When do your meetings? What is the process? So we really want to be proactive and be ahead of the game in our decision making, not reactive and waiting to have to make a decision. And we see that a lot in business, especially when things like uh, economic downturns hit and inflation and all this sort of stuff, people are waiting until there's a problem and then they go and make a decision. But I think the, the, the real thing about it is giving yourself points to make decision times and, and actual decision-making times. Like we plan our businesses every 90 days. So every 90 days we do a half-day review and a half-day planning the next 90 days sort of thing. Every year we do a two-day retreat planning our business for the next year. All of my businesses do this. And so giving yourself that point that again at 5 30 at the end of the day what am i doing tomorrow making those decisions being proactive about your day so it's it's stopping to make decisions and i think the last thing i'll say on decision making is often the biggest decision you have to make is not what to do but what to stop doing um uh, we do a process with people when we're coaching them which is you know uh, start stop more and uh, so we say, all right, let's look at the 20 things you need to stop doing first. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we even worry about what you got to do, what have you got to stop doing? Well, okay. So it's breaking them out of the negatives before we can move them into the positives, I guess, is the simplest way to put that. Gosh, and I, and I know that I want our listeners to know that this is not intentional, but this is it's a great segue to, I think, a, another really important topic that I think paralyzes people, right? The, uh, paralysis by analysis, but there's a oh, yeah. third letter word, fear. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Talk to us you about know, letter word. Fear is a natural thing. I mean, when a lion jumps out in front of you, you kind of want some fear to have fight or flight type thing. Right. Um, but in business, we really only end up with fear because of a lack of knowledge. Now, my definition of fear is false expectations appearing real. I remember it being very real. I was in Auckland, New Zealand many years ago doing what they call rap jumping, where you have a harness tied to your back and you jump off, you, you run down the building face first, like you, you're harnessed in the oh, back. Okay, and, you, yeah. mm-hmm. and so you go over the edge. Now I'm standing on the edge of this building and the guy says to me, stand up straight. He, and, and, I, and I'm leaning back like this. And he says, and I said, I am standing up straight because there was massive fear, all uh-huh. of the things that could have gone wrong. Now, when someone's and, and let's, let's be real. Most fear happens when it's something you've never done before, like investing in a franchise. Most people have never, ever, ever bought a business. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't buy a franchise, by the way. You invest in a franchise. There's a big difference. You. you buy things that you're going to use. You invest in things that are going to make you money. So your investment has to be a, a return on investment calculation. Now, the return on investment is both financial and personal. So you've got to marry up the two of those things, which Pam is amazing in helping people do. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at that investment, if you've never done it before, of course you're going to have fear. Now, there's two emotions usually that run together there. It's fear and excitement. 
So most of the time, people allow fear to win because, well, it's not perfect. Now, here's what happens, and I'll, I'll use buying a business or investing in a business as the example, right? I did this many years ago because I've bought a lot of companies. So I have much less fear than most people around this because I've done it a bunch of times. Um, And so when it comes down to it, I learned this by doing those. Remember many years ago, I was looking at a brand. Now, it was a T-shirt brand that became bumper stickers and everything. It was called No Fear. It was out of Europe. (laughs) And I was looking at buying. It was a $2 million purchase to get the rights for Australia and New Zealand. doing my whole due diligence. And I got to about 80% of the way through. Now, here's what I've learned. At about 80% certain, you, you at about 80% of the way through, you need to pull the trigger. Yes or no? Make a decision. Because from 80% onwards, all you're looking to do is find reasons not to. All you're hunting for is your spouse, and we call this spouse aside, your spouse to say, no, we're not going to do that. Your Uncle Bob, who was once in business, to say, no, we're not going to do that. You know, one lawyer or attorney or accountant to give you one piece of advice, no, I've decided not to do it because my accountant said X and therefore I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So fear and excitement come when there's a major decision in life. Fear wins when there's a lack of knowledge. Do the research, do the homework to get yourself to a position where you can make an educated decision. And if it is investing in a franchise, please bring your spouse along to all the meetings. It's so crazy when people don't give their spouse the knowledge to be able to support you in your decision making. Mm -hmm. You know, allow them to know as much as you do so they can actually support you. We in our franchise businesses, when someone says, oh, no, my husband will support me in anything I do, great, and we won't award you a franchise unless your husband's been here and we've met your husband and we know what they think of you actually going into business. So, yeah, we want them here. We want them to be able to support you, and the only way they can do that is if they have the knowledge too. So, you know, you've heard, you know, face everything and rise or, you know, mm-hmm. or the other version of that, uh, you know, the more colourful version. But it's, there's so many things about fear where people get all of these things up in their head. And mm-hmm. I even had the conversation with my kids in the, uh, in the car on the way to school today that, unfortunately, the English language is a double negative language. It's a no problems, no worries, not bad. You know, when someone says to you, how's your day? Well, it's not bad. You, you mean it usually is bad and today's just not um, you know, it's, it's, you have to learn to speak in the positive sense. And as a coach, well, even as a parent, as a manager, uh, as a leader, you have to learn to speak in the positive sense. If my kid's jumping on the bed, the dumbest thing I can say to them is don't jump on the bed. The smartest thing I can say to them is please hop down onto the floor. You know, it's, it, Talk about what you want to happen, not what you don't want to happen. The words don't, not, no, and but should be removed from our language. They really should be. If you can get rid of those four words and position everything in a positive frame, it it will move you much further. It's even like business managers. Managers ask the dumbest questions. Why isn't this done? Well, of course the person's going to give you an excuse. You know, if you're asking an excuse-laden question, Instead of why isn't this done, what are, the top, what are the first three things we need to do to get this finished and out to the customer in the next 15 minutes? So I've asked a forward-moving, detail-oriented, uh, time-restricted uh, question mm. of my people. So I'm asking a question that moves them forward. Now, later on, I'm going to deal with the issues, but in the moment, I want to move them forward rather than asking them a question of 
Who was supposed to have this done? Of course, now they're going to blame somebody, you know, right. all of these things. <laughs> but these are things we have to learn to be great yeah, business people, Pam. And, you know, I had to learn management. I had to learn leadership. I had to learn all of these things. We, we're not born with those skills. And people say you're born leaders. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You learn the skill of leadership. You learn the skills of management. You learn sales. No one's, no one's born a salesperson. They become a salesperson. Sales and marketing. I want to talk about this because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I always tell people, hey, if you don't have customers, you don't have a business, right? Customer acquisition, sales and marketing. Uh, I know this is a big area of expertise for you. Um, if I were to say, hey, I'm a new business owner, Brad, what advice would you give me as a new business owner regarding position? Uh, read all my books. Uh, do all my courses. That was a short answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that, that book right there, Buying Customers, right? It's now out as version two of that when we've rewritten it. But um, marketing is about the lifetime, the acquisition of lifetime customers. So what you have to do is you have to invest money to buy a customer. If I put $1,000 in advertising and I got 10 new customers, then it cost me $100 to buy each one. Most brand new businesses fail because they they don't allocate a budget to customer acquisition. Mm. They go and spend all their money opening the store. It looks brilliant. They hang out the shingle and then it's like, well, okay, how are you going to get customers? Well, I've hung out the shingle. They just come, don't they? No, no, no this no. is not field of dreams. You don't just hang yeah. and people come, right? Build okay. great marketing and they come, you know, yes. build great sales systems and you convert them. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the lead generation, so I teach a formula, my five ways formula, of, and, and we don't have time to do that today, but it's on my YouTube channel if someone wants to jump over onto that. Brad Sugar's five ways, it's right there. It's about a 20-minute video on that one. But what it teaches people is that the core of marketing is about getting leads, converting leads, getting repeat business, getting a higher average transaction and working the margins. And so even my first book, Instant Cash Flow, I literally went over the 300 strategies that you can use, you know, about 60 in each of those five categories. The thing with marketing today, though, really is about reminding ourselves that what marketing is, is getting people to raise their hand. Marketing is about getting people who are prospective buyers of yours to say, hey, I'm interested. You know, and it could be a free download. It could be a a podcast where people say, hey, Pam, I'm interested in this franchise thing. I'm not sure how interested, but can we chat? Yep. You know, so for instance, uh, when I'm doing, if I'm doing a podcast, for example, or even if I've just done one, like when we finish this podcast, Ben, you'll put it up. Your team does an amazing job of doing all that. When I post it on social media, I won't post a link to it. I'll post a post that says something like, uh, just published an amazing podcast with Pam on franchising. In fact, the fourth question she asked me will probably change the way you think about business forever. If you want the link, type the word podcast below. So anyone who's interested in business now and changing their business types the word podcast. 
We write back to them saying, hey, just it just messaged you the link type thing. So that now opens a message portal between us and them. After we send them the link, we say, hey, by the way, we've got these other two things on business if you're interested in those. Or if you want to have a chat to one of our coaches, here's the link to do that as well. So the algorithm of Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever we're on goes through massive because we've now got a comment from them. We've replied back to them. And in some cases, they even they even reply back saying, thanks, I'll take a look. So now we've got 50, 100, 250 comments on our thing. All of a sudden, it's now fed to more and more and more people. Now we've got 200-odd people or 50-odd people that we're communicating with. We've started a conversation. So what we want in marketing is have someone raise their hand and say, I'm interested and start a conversation. That conversation continues. Too much marketing is, is, is hunting-style marketing. They're like, quick, let's go and see if we can hunt and find a customer today. No, no, the way it works today is you've got to build no like, and trust. And in a virtual viral world, no like, and trust means more connections, more interactions, and that's really what we're looking for. I wish we had more time because I could dive yeah. in deeper. But, uh, you know, I do want you to share about your 90 days to revolutionize, that's a hard word to say, to revolutionize your life, 90 days to revolutionize your life teachings on your 30 years of experience on investing, business, life. Tell us about this program. Um, when I hit 50 uh, a year and a bit ago, I sat down and thought, you know what? And it was, it was COVID time, so there was not much to do. So I built a TV studio in my office at, at uh, my building where my team works. And I went in and recorded 30 days on business. Um, you know, it's a half an hour a day. I, I boiled everything down to 30 minutes a day for 30 days. Hence, it, the program is called 30X on business. So 30 minutes a day for 30 days. Then I did 30 minutes a day for 30 days on life and all of the success principles of life. And then I did 30 minutes a day for 30 days on wealth and how to build a, a wealth. And so it was really about building a business plan, a life plan, and a wealth plan. So mm. we do those uh, three courses every month. We run a 30-day challenge to complete those three. And if you do all three of them, then it's 90 days. Because my my the way my brain works, Pam, is real simple. If I can change the way you think, if you are, if you and me get together for 90 days, mm -hmm. 30 minutes a day, so every month you and I invest 15 hours together. So over 90 days, it's 45 hours of you and me hanging out, me teaching you for that time. Now, I've already recorded it, so you can watch it anytime you want. Sure. If, if we can do that, then at the end of that 90 days, your thinking will be dramatically different, dramatically different. Now, if I've opened your brain up to all of the different ways you can think, then what's going to happen to your life over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years or lifetime? So that's really what that one is. I just thought, you know, it's I'm 50. What am I going to do? I want to make sure my legacy is intact. Writing the books is one thing, but teaching yeah. it is different. Very nice. Very nice. And uh, did you say there was a link to find that? I will make sure the team has you the link so it can be in all the show notes. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, any In closing, uh, any additional thoughts or advice that you would like to share? You know, uh, we've covered a lot of ground here, I think. You sure have. You know, ultimately... <laughs> Ultimately, though, we're, we're looking at it this way. 
I personally, and, and, and again, I do a lot of teaching on the subject of being a business owner, being an entrepreneur rather than an employee. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the challenge for a lot of people with that, though, is that where do they learn that? You know, there's not a yes. lot of places. Even, even in school, you get taught how to apply for a job. Yeah. No one really teaches you how to get into business for yourself. And that's why I love what I get to do. I love what you do. Um, and I think that uh, you know, within the franchise space, it's a great breeding ground for future entrepreneurs. You know, you mm-hmm. start there, you build your knowledge base, you get better and better at it, and hopefully you end up acquiring multiple franchises. You know, I know in, in for us in Action Coach, we have a lot of people who come in and buy multiple territories right from the word go and uh, build large businesses. Other people would want to build a smaller business for themselves. But I think what Pam said at the beginning is really important. Pick something that aligns with who you are, who you want to be, and what you want to do. When I started Action Coach, I wrote the vision of world abundance through business re-education. And I think a lot of the people that have joined me at Action Coach have joined me because they want to help with that. You know, There's a lot of them that they've been successful entrepreneurs or been successful C-level execs and managers, and they think, you know what? I do have a lot of knowledge. I love coaching. I want to go and give back. And so, you know, yes, we make good living giving back, but uh, it's still the core of what we get to do on a day-to-day is help people. And and, uh, yeah. Very rewarding. Very rewarding. Uh, Great words of wisdom there. Uh, Brad, again, you know, thank you for being a great guest and generous with your knowledge and your expertise. Um, I really believe that our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. So uh, very, very much appreciate your time today. Uh, and I also want to say thank you to our listeners uh, for tuning into the Franchise Business Radio Show, powered by Franchise City, a better way to invest in a franchise. Uh, again, this is Pamela Curry, the host of Franchise Business Radio and Certified Franchise Consultant, Please remember that if you or someone you know is considering franchise ownership, then you don't have to feel like you need to do this all by yourself. Uh, Myself, my business partners, we are here. There's a lot to learn. We'll help you navigate those waters on how how do you go about selecting a franchise? How do you determine which business to invest in? We'll help you be effective in in doing your due diligence so you can get that knowledge and make that informed decision before making the investment. So uh, again, thanks to our listeners. Thanks to our sponsors. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Franchise Business Radio, a platform to bring together business professionals to connect, educate, and collaborate to serve those that are considering franchise ownership. Thanks again, Brad. Thank you again for joining Pamela Curry and her guests for the Franchise Business Radio Show, sponsored by Franchise Intellect, knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And FranServe, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at FranServe.com. Use the social media links here to share today's show and check out more episodes at FranchiseBusinessRadio.com dot com.